0: Welcome to the Ordinary Day Podcast. My name is Diane.
1: And my name is Pete.
0: Woo! Welcome, Pete.
1: (laughs) Oh, man, I'm really excited about something. I got to share something with you.
0: Yes. Go.
1: Um, I don't know many people. Like, do we know any friends who do podcasts?
0: Um... I guess I actually do know someone who does a podcast for my frisbee league, but not oh, really? super close. Okay. Exactly. But go ahead.
1: So I'm excited. This is my 100th podcast I've ever published what? Into the Wild. Wow. Uh, what episode are we on here? 74? 74. Se- 74 for our Ordinary Day, and mm-hmm. Field Processor has 26. So this is like a momentous occasion for me. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> It's my hundredth.
0: I feel like we should be making a bigger deal about this.
1: Well, not really. I mean, we'll make a big deal when we hit a hundred, I guess. Cool. Um, or our 75. I don't know. I don't know if we have anything planned for that. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, I thought that'd be fun to point out. Cause that's just like, a a crazy thought that I've published a hundred of these into the wild.
0: Yeah. That's a lot of episodes.
1: It's a lot of time, you know, it's a lot of effort. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I'd, I can't think of anyone else who's who's done that. Like it's a it's a dedication, you know. It's one thing to just do one or two, but a hundred, like for sure. That's a that's a commitment.
0: Mm-hmm. And I will mention that your field processor podcasts are quite involved. Yeah. like it's not just us two sitting down having a conversation. It's you know there's so much work that goes into the music, but also then you have the dialogue and the robots and the storyline yeah, and writing all that thought that goes into it as well. So,
1: Yeah, and I, I do remember, like, I'm um, the field processor when it started way earlier. And I remembered when we started doing this, and then the numbers were starting to catch up. And I was like, oh, it'll be really neat when ordinary day hits, like, I don't know, 20, and mm-hmm. field processor hits 20. And, uh, and then it was like, oh, we'll have double ordinary day. And now, like, we're way we're like triple lapping it now because
0: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it just
1: the effort. It's usually uh, two months to three months to do a field processor episode. Whereas we used to do this every single week. I, I think we're becoming more like bi-weekly or we're uh, kind of getting back into uh, the routine now every two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so just like you just keep something up for long enough and suddenly you have a big number. Um, and that's something that I was always aware of, too. Even when I started the Field Processor podcast, the first line, I think, was something like the hardest part about starting something is just starting it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew that eventually that would be an old episode. When I created it, I was like, eventually you'll look back at this and be like, that was four years ago. And I think it is now. Um, and it's like, yeah, that seemed like a momentous or big step. Same with our first podcast here, right? Hey, let's talk about escape rooms, and then suddenly, you know, it's been uh, a year, two two years. My goodness, I don't even know mm-hmm. two years, two years now. Mm-hmm. So, cool. Just wanted to point out that little fun fact.
0: That's very cool.
1: How are you doing today?
0: Uh, pretty good, pretty good. Um, I got to the lab today, and my prof said, "What'd you do on the weekend?" And I said, "Gee, I don't, I'd." I'm just thoroughly enjoying not having to, Mm -hmm. uh, feel like I need to do a bunch of work on the weekends. Um, one thing we did do, I was like, I was productive this weekend. Uh, we booked a little trip. That's right. Yeah. Uh, visit my friend, just moved out to Edmonton, um, and would love to have visitors, you know, the sooner the better. Um, and you know, you've been at your job enough now that you can take some vacation and I had some time that I could take away too now that I'm done all the craziness. So yeah, a little trip to uh, Edmonton with a little side trip up into the mountains to Jasper, which I think will be really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, it is March, which, you know, maybe isn't ideal for, uh, mountain getaways. Uh, yeah. but, uh, they're way cheaper <laughs> yeah. and the, uh, you know, outdoor hot tubs still work in March. So,
1: yeah, they do. um, we always travel, I guess, a little off-season, though. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that. I think, I think that gets a better, I don't know, I'm going to say more real experience. Like, you can't just disguise a place and go at the best time. Sometimes it's neat to see places when they're not at their best. I don't know if I'm explaining myself very clearly, but I kind of like that experience, too, where you get a different kind of experience right
0: mm-hmm. I think there are definitely certain seasons and certain places of the world that you mm-hmm. probably don't want to travel um at all
1: I'm not saying bad season just like slightly off yeah is is what I like to
0: do mm-hmm. <laughs> yep yeah I like slightly off we're always we always we kind of like to do off season things you know we got mm-hmm. married in the winter time yeah
1: um I guess we're slightly off people
0: I think we just like to do things differently Ooh.
1: <laughs> yeah Like this podcast, even though it's the ordinary day, it's not so ordinary after all. So welcome to the slightly off podcast. (laughs) So I thought we would go back to our older format where we could bring up some like current events,
0: articles,
1: and we can discuss and see where the conversation goes there. Definitely. Um, We don't have like a specific topic in mind. So Um, I picked two things. That I thought were interesting, and you have one thing, right? Yes. Okay, so I'll probably, I'll go first. Cool. Um, but is before we get into that, is there mm-hmm. anything else about this week? I'm trying to think. Uh, I guess I should talk about my solo stream a bit. That was pretty cool.
0: Second time going solo. Yeah. Working out pretty well, eh?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, last Friday, uh, my band, Field Processor, which has been mentioned a few times already, is usually a duo. It's me and my bro. And uh, we've developed a pretty good audience on Twitch now. It's been a really rewarding experience. And uh, I think uh, we made better waves with uh, that platform, the Twitch platform, than we did uh, with the podcast. And very quickly, like, as it is now, I think we have about uh, something between 30 and 40 subscribers on our podcast. And, uh, which is higher than this one, but you know, it's been around a long time, but on Twitch, we've got like 240, uh, in significantly less time. So, uh, yeah, that's, and you also get this direct, uh, interaction with the audience. That's what I was going to say.
0: Yeah. You have feedback, you can Mm -hmm. chat with them, you can interact, you've put in some cool things in place where they can even request their favorite songs every week,
1: yeah, that was the new thing we started two weeks ago. We, we have this like cool built in song feature now where you can be watching the show and, you know, we might monetize it later. But for now, it's just like a free thing. And it's like not not doing a song request for, you know, I want you to play a Britney Spears song. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's you can request our songs. Um, and at first, my bro wanted to put in you can request our song and how we, you want us to play it. And I said, no, 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 you can't do that. Because the whole fun thing about the way we play music is it's different every time. I love the idea, the concept of the evolving song, where it's never just one way, uh, how it can be played in an entirely different way each week. Or if you listen to our podcast you, or go to our website, you'll see that we've performed a song five different times. But they're still technically the same song, as far as I'm concerned. But it's the idea that uh, a song, like a person, can grow and can be different um, through time. And I, I really like that concept. So yeah, we can put it in a song request feature, but you can't have them tell us how to play the song. Cause once you do that, it's going to really like interfere with my ability to be creative with it. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause you can't push uh, a feeling when you're trying to perform music and and I love the liberty of if I'm in like kind of a sad mood and someone wants to hear this happy song I can make it a sad sounding version of it or vice versa it's like well this song uh, is traditionally sounds very sad but I want to play a rocking version I want to get pumped up with our audience so you have that option right mm-hmm. so yeah the song request has been a lot of fun and uh, it's been quite popular with our regulars so it's very cool that already we got people who know our songs and are like oh i really love that one and it's like yes i want to hear that one so yeah very very enjoyable i did a solo stream last friday my bro was away so i took care of that on my own i did i think three hours
0: that's pretty substantial for yeah. on your own
1: yeah, and I did something, yeah, like, a, I don't know, 30 to 40 songs, something like that. I Maybe more. <laughs> I didn't not count them all, but I did something like 10 requests, so it, it was a lot. Um, and I was watching it again, like, later this week. I was really curious, like, sort of see it outside, like, looking in. And uh, it seemed like the most, uh, I don't know how to say it, most like a show from all of our shows we've ever done, and in that I mean... It's very point to point to point to point. Uh, Good interaction with the audience, like no dead space, no like uh, quiet moments. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it was one of our best shows ever (laughs) to tell my bro that it's like, yeah, we had our best stream, and you weren't there. (laughs) Um, Yeah, not to not to like toot my own horn or anything, but uh, yeah, I think I think it worked really well and people liked it. Wasn't a great turnout, though. Like uh, we've had bigger audiences so i don't know why but that wasn't a huge one for us but um, as far as performance it was good and we had a few regular shows, so it was fun
0: cool i tuned in for a bit that was a lot of fun i like the chat i really just like reading the chat as it's going through and you're playing and people are commenting about stuff i think that's really kind of cool it makes you feel like you are actually involved
1: yeah i know and that's that's yeah, that's the big strong feature of it for me too. Is is having that direct interaction. And I, and I talked to other musician friends of mine, like we've all performed and done the touring and all that stuff and some of them just do not understand the concept that I try to explain to them that now instead of going to a club and performing the song live, I'm streaming it from, you know, a studio. Mhm. And it's like, yeah, but don't you ever want to play a live show? And it's like, no, I am playing live shows. (laughs) And it's like, but, you know, what about like that interaction with the audience? It's like, I think I'm getting more uh, interaction with my audience than I would at those live shows. Like, maybe I don't hear cheering but they can still clap and these little clap icons come flying all over the place on the mm-hmm. screen. It's pretty cool. The interactivity you get mm-hmm. or they'll see like heart things pop up. So it's like the modern <laughs> millennial version of uh, watching uh, a, a live show, I guess.
0: Yeah. Plus you get to do it as you say in the comfort of your studio.
1: Yeah. Without calling all the gear all the time. Just mm-hmm. just show up and play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I do. I love it a lot. So That was my week. Anything else for
0: you? Awesome. It's funny. You mentioned um, (laughs) we don't do like, you know, song requests from Britney Spears. And that just reminded me that we were looking through my old grade six yearbook. Oh, yeah. And, you know, just flipping through it and reading people's um, profiles. And they would have, you know, name, nickname, favorite thing, pet peeves. Mm -hmm. And so many people's pet peeve was Britney Spears.
1: Yeah, it was like uh, eight to 12 of them. Uh, some of them also mentioned N Sync mm-hmm. and Hanson. And I was like, I remember all those bands back then. And I was like, I thought, Ugh, is this where music is going? I hope this will change soon. And then it never did. No. It just got worse and worse. Mm-hmm. But it's funny. And I like that. Uh, shout out to you. I guess they're all 1988ers in that grade. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, you guys knew what was up. You're like, this music sucks. <laughs> You're in grade school. I love it. I thought that was fantastic. So I enjoyed that a lot.
0: Yeah, that was pretty funny.
1: So you're going to enjoy this a lot.
0: Cool. I'm excited because neither of us know what we're going to bring up. It's always fun. I... Dun dun, dun dun
1: A coworker of mine is away in Arizona, so I was looking up, like, the weather okay. there to see what it was like. Mm-hmm. And I got a really cool article from the Weather Network, actually. Um, yeah, it's news. It's news. It's January 15th. Mm-hmm. Uh don't mind that it's <laughs> not actually going to be in the stream that's just the computer um what was it uh the state of new york has uh created a lawsuit against the top uh gasoline companies for climate change really yeah i'm trying to get this article article alone i apologize uh it is a video too, so I have to remember most of this, but I wanted to talk about this because I thought it was really interesting because uh what's going on is I believe it's the mayor of New York. So I'm just I just need to check my facts real quick here. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, go uh, right ahead.
1: But uh the, the idea is there's been so much natural destruction over the last year in some of these major cities, and mm-hmm. some of these major US cities now are starting to sue. Uh, these major uh, oil companies for causing damage to their cities through through climate change. Uh, Yeah. So the headline is the Big Apple is is suing big oil. So it's the mayor, Bill de Blasio from New York City. Yep. uh, (laughs) Filed a lawsuit in federal court against, it's several of uh, the big oil companies. Okay. Uh, One of them replied, it was Exxon. And they had a very interesting sort of response where it was like, this is pushing some private agenda about what they believe climate change is. And I love how it's still like a a belief system, like climate mm. change is still something like you mm-hmm. believe in rather than like a scientific fact. Mm-hmm. But uh, one really cool thing is the mayor brought up, this is exactly like what happened, um, I guess in the thirties or forties with uh, smoking where people started suing the tobacco companies for false facts about, uh, health. Yep. Right. Cause they had marketing campaigns mm-hmm. launched to say, it's all a myth. Mm-hmm. Smoking's not bad for you. Mm-hmm. It's no such a thing as cancer. It's a fact we mm-hmm. have doctors and all this. So we're, and they're like, we're seeing this exact same thing. And I thought that was really cool mm. that we're having a repeat of this and maybe much like smoking, you know, 20 years from now it will be like, yeah, climate change pollution we all know this it's duh (laughs) but right now it's still like a a marketing versus court Mm -hmm. thing so i wanted to get i wanted to give this story to you and i wanted to hear what you thought about it
0: that is a really interesting story um i don't know how it's going to play out i certainly think that when you have such destruction from these mega storms that are the result of changing climate That what, you know, what is the city supposed to do? Like it has to rebuild. And where is it going to get the funding and the means to do that when it was a city that was not built to have to withstand these types of storms? Like a lot of these new cities are built, you know, certainly like San Francisco has adapted to its environment and where it needs to be built and its building codes. And other cities would adapt to theirs. But when we suddenly have these massive shifts in what kind of storms are actually hitting these cities, then, yeah, someone's going to have to help pay for it. And if there are companies that are blatantly denying their role in it, then, and he's not targeting one, he's targeting many (laughs) yeah large corporations
1: yeah and it's not just new york new york was getting the big thing but Mm -hmm. i I think san francisco was in there as well um but i just find that really interesting because this is also like public versus private Mm -hmm. which brings in another whole element to it right Mm -hmm. um but yeah you 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 do bring up a good point because it is it's about money in the end i guess like these cities are suffering damages but uh it's also nice to you know it's about their way of life too right like this is affecting our lives mhm yeah um
0: yeah and it's you know nice to see the government step in and kind of provide some of that leadership into addressing these problems because i'm sure a lot of citizens would like to hold some of these companies accountable Even for just, like, you know, oil spills that they don't even fully take accountability for, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Interesting.
1: So what do you think? Do you think this will work?
0: I'm not sure. I can see this being one of those things that gets locked in court for a really long time.
1: Do you at least think it's good that someone is doing something?
0: Yes. I'm sure, like, David Suzuki is sitting there applauding them.
1: Mm Mm-hmm because for me that's that was my first reaction is like, "Oh, someone in politics mm-hmm. in the US mm-hmm. is actually making a stand on this." That surprised me, and I thought that was great.
0: I think you have to make a stand because these companies aren't making the stand for themselves. They're carrying on business as usual.
1: I know, but I just I feel like, you know, we've had so many episodes about this that we're just like losing faith in america and oh. their politics especially <laughs> okay, i their, see. their big leader and all the stuff he's canceling <laughs> mm-hmm. right so like when we were watching a bill nye episode and it's like yeah there's all this funding going towards learning this stuff for science it's like and we go oh good this is good i thought I, I, we're <laughs> we're getting under the impression here that this country has just given up on anything knowledgeable and has mm-hmm. become very profit centric right it's about the company it's about money so it's nice to hear the story do the absolute opposite. That was my reaction to it.
0: Cool. I like it. Solid choice.
1: <laughs> I thought you'd have more to say about this. You're usually all green thumbs.
0: I am all green thumbs. I don't... What mm-hmm. else do you want to say? Want me to say about it? Like, it's a know. great idea. A great start. Yeah. Do more.
1: Mm-hmm. Is there anything you think Toronto could do?
0: Um... I think that's in the back of my mind because usually by the time the storms hit us, they're not as powerful. We've had, have, we have had some very good floods, you know, the iconic Ferrari abandoned in the flooded Don Mm -hmm. Valley Parkway picture. Um, I don't know if we're quite at that point. Like the David Suzuki foundation has been working very hard for the last number of years with their, um, Movement to get the right to a healthy environment in yes. law in the government
1: that's what I was waiting for,
0: and doing even doing something like that, which is enacting a piece of legislation, it's not going against a big like multinational company but um it,
1: it might lead to that though.
0: it could, but it's taking a really long time, and it is a grassroots movement, and I like how they are building it from the grassroots because I think that is how you build impact and support behind it but it takes time to go from community to community to build it up to provincial level and federal level um so i don't know if we're quite there yet i feel like if there is going to be a government that's going to tackle a huge company probably a good place to start is the united states and new york and new york
1: yeah. yeah so this is great this is this is what I like to see. This is, I I feel like I talked about this a lot on the podcast. It's like, I remember when America was like great, you know, like when they were leaders and they had some of the greatest minds and the greatest, you know, inventions and moves for freedom and rights and things like that. And It just seems like the last, I don't know, like 12 years. It's just like, what is Obama was trying to turn around and then they like, no, that's no good. And it's, uh, we're just back to, I don't know, <laughs> bad times. It's just, I'm I'm mumbling. It's sad. Let's move on.
0: Cool. Um, so it was do you remember the women's march from last year? hmm That was one year ago. Nice. Yes. Uh that we had women all over the world uh going out for these women's marches. It uh basically was in protest to the inauguration of Donald Trump. Yeah. Um Got a theme here. But it happened. Globally, yeah, um, and it was huge. Uh, This year, there was much less build-up to it, I feel like, because obviously there wasn't this big inauguration that uh, they were marching against. Um, But they still happened all over the world, um, which is very cool. And just kind of coincidentally, this weekend was the weekend I decided to watch the movie Suffragette um, on Netflix. Uh, So this movie is it has an actress named Carrie Mulligan, who I don't know if you know, but she is getting to be pretty well known. It has Helena Bonham Carter, Mm. who you do know, and Meryl Streep makes uh, an appearance as well. And it's set in 1912 Britain, and it's basically um, showing groups of women who began a period of civil unrest uh, to basically... Get the woman's vote, because they had been trying for a very long time to do peaceful protests and you know lobby their government and get these men in government to change the laws, and nothing was working. Uh, so, under the leadership of Emmeline Pankhurst, that was kind of the leader of the British suffragette movement, uh, they began these uh, kind of throwing rocks in windows, blowing up mailboxes, cutting telegram lines just kind of, um, they tried very hard not to have people injured, Mm -hmm. but tried really hard to stop things from working properly. Right. And, um, I guess it did kind of, I think, cause perhaps some tensions in that some people didn't feel that they needed to go this direction. Um, and some people felt that, the government is not listening. So we need to be a little bit more extreme with our measures and how we address this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was interesting to see, and I'm sure they replayed word for word, what some of the government statements were oh at the time love <laughs> surrounding women's mental state and how oh, <laughs> they boy. are not emotionally capable of making a vote of uh, yeah. Anyways, um, just really interesting period piece on kind of one sub sector of, of women. And these women would, you know, go to these protests or they would become violent or they would throw rocks and they would get arrested and then be put in jail for, um, a couple of weeks to a couple of months. Like they weren't long extended stays. Yeah. Um, and they would go on hunger strike in there because they felt that they were, um, political prisoners. Nice. Yeah. Um, and that's how they did it. Uh, so, you know, that was just kind of. So you're saying
1: suffragette?
0: You've never heard the term suffragette? No. So women's suffrage is working towards getting the women's vote. So women who were doing that were called suffragettes. Oh, okay. And it actually became a bit of a like, oh, you're not one of those women. Are you like, shame on you? Oh, uh, Yes. Um, it was interesting to see Helena Bonham Carter's character, um, had a very, um, supportive husband, kind of driving her to all the things and helping her hide things and really being part of this movement with her.
1: And she didn't play a crazy woman for once?
0: Um, no. I mean, she was one of the suffragettes, but she was not like the Harry Potter (laughs) character that she plays. Fight Club? Yes. No, not like that. Um, so was just interesting. Say,
1: was this a Netflix movie or was this a movie that came out and?
0: no, Major movie that oh. Netflix just, uh, Added picked it up. To it.
1: so you can mm-hmm. see it there now.
0: Yeah. Um, and it's a movie that, you know, I heard about that it was out and I just never get out to movie theaters a lot of the time for some of these particular uh, movies. So it's nice to be able to see them and kind of be like, oh yeah, I was, I did want to see that movie and it's popped up. Um, the really interesting thing was at the very end of the movie, they listed, well, they explained when women in Britain got the vote. Um, originally it was women over 30 and then gradually became all women. 30. Yes. And I was reading this in Wikipedia, I think a little bit, um, uh, they got the vote after the war and they made it women over 30 because a lot of men had died and they didn't want the ratio of men to women (laughs) voting to be so outnumbered in favor of women. Yeah. Um, so then it gradually changed to everyone. Um, but the end following that they had lists of certain countries, um, and the year that women got the vote, Mm -hmm. um, Canada was not listed. I guess they just kind of picked, different places okay um so you know like united states australia new zealand was one of the first um and kind of in more recent history india and you get to the bottom of the list and they have saudi arabia and they're still working on it yeah so that is really interesting
1: that is interesting Um, i was thinking back to it as you were talking and i think we did talk about that march on the podcast i believe we did it's probably archived somewhere i Mm -hmm. wish i Knew exactly what episode that was, because that's uh, that's cool. We're starting to develop themes here, Diane. Yes, <laughs> yes.
0: Can you tell what things causes that we are in favor of? <laughs> yeah,
1: that interest us, you know.
0: Yeah, it was just uh, kind of neat the timing of things, you know, what's going on in the world and and what I was up to.
1: Sweet. Yeah. Um, I, th- I had so many questions. Now I have no more. <laughs> uh, I can't think of anything else. No. No. Anything else you want to say?
0: I think that's, that's all. Um, I must say that I see a lot of these, um, movies or hear a lot of these stories and there is, uh, a lot of sexism in academia and I have not experienced any of that. And I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. Um, because essentially all of my supervisors and people I've had on committees have been male. Yeah. Um, and I feel incredibly supported and well-respected. Um, and I don't know if that was just women doing work before I came there or if it's the particular environment at York because they are very socially minded. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know really what it is that I have been in this very privileged position of being a woman in science and being very well-respected. I, I don't know where that comes from, um, but thank you to everyone who worked before me. Well, I think,
1: yeah, it's it's time, and it, it and it is our Canadian culture. Like things are different now than they mm-hmm. were ten years ago and twenty years ago, um, and uh, what might have seemed the norm back then is is not the norm now. And what might have seemed cool back then is like that's just crazy talk. And I always like thinking about the future, and it's like what will be. Uh, considered normal there that we find like so uh, defensible or uh, crazy? Like what kind of rights have we not even thought of yet? Um, You know, like gay marriage and stuff like that. Like that's a hot topic now. But I imagine, you know, 20 years from now, we're not even going to think about it, right? (laughs) And it's like, well, what kind of future things will be the hot topic then, right? Mm Mm-hmm no idea so i mean luckily you know people evolve and we we learn um and i do remember like for your defense even your prof asked you hey it's gonna be all males is that okay should i like diversify this (laughs) panel Mm -hmm. and like that was a really nice gesture that you didn't expect right Mm -hmm. but uh which I love your response was like, no, these are people that I respect and I've worked with. So I don't think there is anything wrong with that. And that's really the best form of diversity is when we actually can start to look at people, not as filling in a blank anymore, you know, as well. Mm Or it's just like, Mm -hmm. yeah, these are three people on the panel. And actually I really liked what uh, Jerry Seinfeld said in one of our comedians and cars with coffee that we watched today. It's like, can we ever just get to the point where it's like, I have 10 guys at my party and it's not like, oh, well, there are not enough women here or different diverse people. It's like, no, they're just, these are the 10 friends that showed up. Like it's not about Mm -hmm. filling in roles or whatever. It's just like, we're all just people here. So I I hope we get to that point eventually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All countries too. Come on. Maybe that'll be the thing that's different in uh, 30 years. Saudi Arabia
0: yeah they have a long way to go.
1: Yeah, well, you know who knows? Who knows we'll what the see. future holds. Can you <laughs> imagine it just like changes all of a sudden? Boom. um so may I move on to my story?
0: Yes, your last story.
1: All right, so I picked this one because I feel like it covers one of my interests and one of your interests. okay. so um, you know about the Olympics coming up?: Yes. You're very excited, of course. It's yes. marked in our calendar. Yes. <laughs> um, what I discovered that was really fun is, as you know, during every Olympics, there is a torchbearer or multiple of them, uh-huh. uh, usually sort of like a relay. They pass them off, right? To the next person who takes it eventually to the next person, and it comes to the torch.
0: Oh, to eventually gets to Korea yeah. is what you're talking about. Yes. Okay. Yes.
1: Yes. So they're on that journey right now with they're mm-hmm. carrying the mm-hmm. torch around. Mm-hmm. And for the first time ever... One of the torch bearers yep. was a robot.
0: Nice.
1: Named Hubo. The Hubo. first robot torch bearer nice. of the Olympics.
0: Oh, huh. where do you know, <laughs> like, where's Hubo from?
1: Uh, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy.
0: Questions. Yeah, eh? now I have questions about
1: what is this Hubo. Robot? Well, this story is from CBC, so okay. I'll, I'll credit that. Cool. Uh, yeah, relaying South Korea began in the port city of Incheon, made its way to the city of Dijon, I guess. Probably pronouncing those wrong. Uh, ultra cool Hubo is a robot. First robot ever to participate in the torch relay. He ran 150 meters. I don't know how he ran. He's got wheels. <laughs> um, and the other part I was confused about and not it was not explained very well in this uh, article is he also performed a disaster rescue operation.
0: Like bef- while holding the torch? <laughs> yeah,
1: before <laughs> passing the torch off. Okay. To uh, a second robot, actually which also continued the run.
0: The lesser known robot torchbearer. Yeah. He
1: didn't get as much, uh, <laughs> F, uh, yeah. Fame. Um, the FX2. Mm.
0: Um,
1: Oh, because FX2 is a robot you can ride. And this is actually kind of cool, which I thought you would like as well. Um, cause it was more like a car, not like a self-sufficient robot. Okay. And it's being ridden and piloted by a student who wants to be a scientist in the future. Cool. So a young, a young kid um yeah so i thought that was kind of (laughs) neat that uh robots and and, you know again this is getting back into that what does the future hold are we gonna get into robot rights in the future who knows Hmm. is that science fiction thing ever going to happen Mm -hmm. but uh yeah we're being inclusive to our droids as well
0: well look at them go
1: the south korean olympics
0: i can't i mean if the Olympics are going to be in that part of the world, I can see, I thought you were going to tell me that like Mario was carrying it or oh, something. No. is actually what I thought you were going to say.
1: No, but Mario um, was at the last Olympics or the Japanese one, right? Yeah. Or was it the tease for the Japanese? It was the one?
0: tease for the Japanese. Yeah. So one. it hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. So he's
1: going to probably be there. Hmm. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Um, yeah. So we got robot torchbearers now.
0: That's neat. I like it. I think, um, I know, you know, build up to the Olympics is always like, you know, is it going to go over okay? Like, what's going to happen? Like Everyone's thinking, like, disaster. And, you know, they always, they pull through. Mm-hmm. And some cool stuff happens. Um, it's going to be neat to see. I've been kind of seeing headlines on CBC about how Canada has a very good freestyle ski team. So that's, like, the people who ski but do the jumps or flips or ski cross or whatever yeah. um so we have a really strong team in that we're usually very strong in uh, speed skating um interestingly enough hockey is not going to have nhl players yeah. this time around so that is going to be uh, very different um and could be very interesting there are plenty of very talented hockey players who don't play in the nhl we're yeah. just not going to know who they are now we are might they, know who they are are they
1: eliminating all professionals or is it just specifically nhl Is not allowed
0: oh that's a good question like whether the minor leagues can go yeah that's a good question i don't know
1: and i assume there are leagues in other countries as well they might yep. not be as well known or backed by as many advertisers but they exist
0: they do um yeah so i'm kind of interesting how that's going to uh play out and you know we do well in a lot of other kind of random sports like bobsleigh yeah um Figure skating. We have a very strong figure skating team this time around as well. Contenders in kind of all the events, which is very cool. Um, So, yeah, it could be very exciting. Looking forward to it. I love getting like the CBC app where I can play everything. Um, There's definitely going to be a time lapse difference. So we'll have to see how that goes. But I definitely like catching up on it.
1: And this is coming up in February.
0: Yes, yeah.
1: February 10th?
0: Yeah, February 9th or 10th, I think.
1: Nine and 10th. Marked <laughs> in our calendar. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, I remember your bro saying something about how some countries are trying to build a hockey team and they don't have any hockey players, so they're like recruiting around the world or something.
0: I believe I talked about that on a podcast. Okay. okay. Where South Korea was um, recruiting um, Canadians. Yes. Join their team and they were getting, you know, Korean citizenship to be able to play on the team.
1: That's right. We did talk about it on our podcast. Mm -hmm. Okay. Nice.
0: Um, So, yeah. So there's definitely, and I believe it's the Korean hockey team that will have players from both North and South Korea playing together, which was quite a momentous announcement recently. Mm -hmm. Wow. Look at that. Sport bringing everyone together. Well,
1: that makes sense to me, you know, honestly, like I feel like sports has been the logical next step. to do a friendly war type environment. It's where you take like your best people from your countries and you face them off against each other. The thing is, instead of you killing each other, you are trying to destroy each other with points. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's a friendlier version of basically war. It's tactics. It's trying to get our best versus your best and see who wins. So yeah, it's neat.
0: I'm looking forward to it. Mm Mm-hmm. Cool.
1: So this has been a good episode. We're at our good time limit right here.
0: Cool. I feel like we've plugged Field Processor a lot this episode, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, that's taken care of. At the top. Yeah. <laughs> check
1: it out. Uh, yeah, but it is. It's at fieldprocessor dot com. Please check it out. Uh, lots of cool stuff there. Um. What? What? How would you wrap up our Topics into a good segue to get to the email. I usually do a good job of that, but i'm I'm drawing a blank this time. If you want to share <laughs> a story about having robots taking torches
0: and speaking to about women's rights yeah
1: <laughs> and yeah
0: fighting national gas companies, send us an email. <laughs>
1: <laughs> at OrdinaryDayPodcast at com. Yes.
0: Simple as that.
1: It's <laughs> the best segue we've ever done. Great. Um, yeah, so that's good. Looking forward to keeping this up. We'll do another fantastic episode next time, maybe next week. Yeah. Get back into the rhythm. Yes. Um, we have been doing Mondays instead of Sundays recently, and you like this more.
0: I do. I sometimes find that Sundays I really just want to complete veg out.
1: Yeah. I'm right there with you. Mondays, you kind of, you have a weekend to talk about. So you have stories mm-hmm. and you're, you're, I feel already like this episode. I feel like we've got a bit more, uh, energy, oomph. energy. Yeah. yeah. Oomph is what I wanted to say, but I was like, that's not a word. <laughs> so thank you. Uh, energy behind this one. So yeah, let's try that again next week.
0: Cool. So. Until next time. Take. One.
1: More. For. <laughs> the road.